Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. You ready? Yep. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Dog, Happy Baby podcast with expert dog trainer and best-selling author Michael Wambacher. Mike, we're back. Welcome. Yeah, nice to be back. I'm really having a lot of fun doing these. It's, um, it's just nice to be able to share this information in so many different ways. You know, the podcasting, is, it's a new world for me, so I'm excited to be doing this. Awesome. And everybody, today we're doing one of our mobile episodes. I'm, I'm recording this while Mike is on the road. You might have noticed the previous four episodes that pristine sound was because Mike and I were uh, able to do that over the course of some time from computer to computer. This is we're doing on the fly. So you're getting Mike's kind of, you know, off the hip, but deeply considered intelligence and authority. So last week, we touched on this. We, we, we got into this question. My dog is afraid of being, my, my dog is afraid of being touched in sensitive areas of her body. Should I be concerned? And Mike really took us very deep into this topic. Yes, he said with great emphasis, you should be concerned. And then he began to unpack it. And this was really like, this is one of the, this is one of the big questions. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. We go very deeply into this topic of systematic desensitization. And, and it was a great episode. I learned a lot. We all learned a lot. And in this, uh, in this episode, uh, let's, let's jump into the next question, Mike. So the, the question for today is, my dog has issues with separation anxiety. What should I do? Well, you know, separation anxiety is a very big topic, and um, there's an awful lot to say about it. So the first thing I would say is I'm going to touch on a few points today. But generally, if you go to my website, which is uh, not, not Good Dog Happy Baby, but my other website, which is doggonegood.org, there's an extensive section on separation anxiety in there, and, um, and it's free, just look at it. There's a lot of information. Also, my dog, my book, uh, Good Dog, Happy Baby, has also a fairly in-depth section on separation anxiety. So, uh, you know, I'll touch on some points, but there are more details uh, in those two places that I'll encourage people to follow up with. Uh, that said, first of all, separation anxiety is something to take very seriously because, A, dogs that are prone to separation anxiety are also going to be more prone to issues of jealousy. You know, they're, they're so connected, over-connected to their owners and also just afraid of not being with their owner that um, that's very easy for a dog like that to experience issues of jealousy. So take this seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first thing, obviously, to do is to start to get the dog used to spending little bits of time by themselves. Now, you know, issues of separation mm -hmm. anxiety, you know, run anywhere from moderate, you know, mild to extreme. And, you know, people are on different parts of that spectrum. But the first part is to just slowly start getting the dog used to 
less connection, less time with the owner, even around the house during times when you're there. If the dog's always up on the sofa or up in bed with you or just always right at your feet, start teaching the dog to tolerate some distance. Um, if they're up on, the, you know, up on the furniture with you, cuddled up with you all the time, maybe put them down at your feet for starters. Then maybe, uh, you know, you can tether them. You can put a little doggy bed down and, you know, if the next step is getting them off the sofa or the first step is getting them off the sofa and on the, you know, on the floor, then, you know, tether them to a coffee table. Put a little doggy bed down there two feet away from you. They're right there, but they've got to be on their own. And then you always want to try to connect, um, being apart with something good. So let's say the dog is two or three feet away from me on his little tether and his little bed. Give him a really juicy mm. bone to chew on. And then once he's mm. settled there, it's like every day, move him a few inches further back, you know, until, mm. say, he's on the opposite side of the room. And then maybe just around the corner in another room, you know, like that. And always just connect really nice things to it and do it in short bursts that the dog can handle, but then push the edge by trying to, inc you know, increase the increments uh, you know, right. have time if the dog is alone and so forth. Um, the same thing when leaving that, you know, the leaving the room or leaving the house. One of my favorite exercises to, to help with separation anxiety is, you know, you're in one room with the dog uh, by a door. Step out, close the door, wait one second, open the door, come right back in, ignore the dog. Turn around, go back out for three seconds, come right back in, ignore the dog. Go back out for 10 seconds, come right back in, ignore the dog, like that comings and goings, but increasing the increments of time with each iteration, okay? Um, just again, to, to, to begin to get the dog a little bit used to your increasing absences, just a little bit. Right, easier. right. Um, what, now, what, what is the... What what does it what purpose does it serve to ignore the dog in that situation? What is that conditioning the dog to expect? Because because anytime you reconnect with him, it just it it, um, it re triggers all the I want to be with you impulses. But just but just being cool, emotionally cool with the dog, it's like you just mm. don't you want to you want to try to avoid emotional spikes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, because the dog, if, if the dog has separation anxiety, when he sees you, he experiences a very positive emotional spike. And we want to dampen right, those right. down. So when you get home, for example, and the dog is all bouncing around, happy to see you, just ignore him. Just don't make a big thing. You yeah. want to try to dampen down emotional spikes whenever possible so the dog can have a more leveled out um, emotional experience, you know, around issues of you know, being with you or being without you. Um, and also Less we want oxytocin. To make yeah, exactly. Well, we also want to make the felt difference between being with you and not being with you less. Obviously, it's never. There's always going to be a difference, but we want to make it less, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, I. Yeah, anyway, so right. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to say about that. One other thing, also that uh, that, that can help is uh, there are a number of products you can you can purchase these days that just help with anxiety in general. For example. Um, Mm. Uh, CBD treats, you know, I don't know where people are in various states. Like I live in California, and, you know, I'm sure the whole country knows, you know, they just legalized marijuana out here, which is, you know, it's good for some laughs or whatever. But one of the side products of that with the medical marijuana is there's, in marijuana, there's THC, which is what gets people high, but there's CBDs, which calm people, it's called cannabinoids, and they calm people down. It's the part of the marijuana plant that, that helps cancer patients, for example, you know, digest food better or, you know, have a bigger appetite, mm. but it helps with anxiety. Mm. It has a calming effect. So they have products now, they have dog treat products that have can cannabinoids in them, 
Um, and if you live in a state where there's medical dispensaries, you can actually just get the CBD oils, and they can help with anxiety a lot. I've had a wow. number of clients with various kinds of anxiety issues that um, they get the cannabinoid treats or just the oil directly, um, or the not the oil, it's like a tincture. Um, and that, yeah. that, can, that, that can be very helpful. If you don't live in a place where you have access to that, you can try things like uh, there's a thing called a thunder shirt, which is just a very tight-fitting little T-shirt that can help dogs with anxiety. And there's reasons, you know, I can go into all the reasons why that's effective. I was very skeptical in the beginning when I saw those things come out, but after, you know, a fair amount of experience with a number of clients, they really help a lot of dogs. And certainly they fall into the category of no harm done and pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Also, there's a product called Rescue Remedy, which is a homeopathic tincture that can also help some dogs. And uh, the last one I can think of is there's a product called Adaptil, A-D-A-P-T-I-L, Adaptil. And it is a synthetic hormone made from lactating mother's milk or made to resemble lactating mother's milk that has also a very powerful calming effect on a lot of dogs. And they have diffusers, they have little collars that you can buy. Uh, you know, and you can put all you can do all those things together because they all fall into the category of you know, worst case scenario, nothing happens, but there's no harm done. Right. No right. harm done. Right. Um, so that's one thing. And then you know, for dogs who have very extreme issues of separation anxiety, sometimes you can consider a pharmaceutical drugs like uh, Prozac and Xanax and things like that. Believe it or not, again, people laugh when they hear, "Oh yeah, Prozac for my dog," but uh, you know kind of serious business because you know anxiety disorders are often biologically uh, rooted and that's when pharmaceuticals come in be very helpful so mm. anyway i just wanted mm -hmm. to throw that in there's a lot more information about all of that stuff uh, in, the, in the two in the two places i mentioned at the outset um yeah that's great i'm trying to think if there's anything else just for a short podcast um well and know, so again, like, what, what yeah go ahead well, I was going to say one other thing, you know, oftentimes people will sleep with their dog in the bed at night. I, I do, you know, but in a situation with a baby coming, you know, that's another place you want to just start to, you know, I always tell people like, think of a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you like them, but you don't want to be with them anymore. So you don't want to do a hard breakup. You want to, uh, you want to ease them out. <laughs> so uh, this is yeah. kind of like that. You want to ease the dog out. So, um, a little bit, you know, so if he's sleeping in bed with you every night, you know, just like with the sofa or whatever, you know, have him sleep on the side of the bed for the first for a week and then maybe on the far end of the room and then maybe on the outside in the hallway like that slowly yeah. to start creating more and more situations both when you're there and when you're you know obviously when you're not there where um where the dog has to start to tolerate some time on their own and, mm. and you know always connected with something positive with a bully stick a rough frozen beef bone or something so that the yeah. aloneness the aloneness is associated with something good so to be like in a perfect world it'd be like telling a 15 year old to go to his room as a form of you know not punishment but just like go to your room but then you give him a, a playstation and four video games and uh you know he'll be okay with going to his room <laughs> yeah right totally well all right so i have a question mike related to all of this when you're when you're kind of prepping or, or so the question is when you're noticing that your dog's got anxiety or, and, and separation anxiety. When, you know, like all these questions, when is the right time to start deploying these tactics, to start looking for solutions, oh, to start dealing with it? With, as with any of this stuff, yesterday is the, the time to start with separation anxiety. 
the urgency yeah. is, is double because separation anxiety is probably, there are a lot of trainers that won't actually work with separation anxiety, not because they don't know how, but because it's just such a difficult, drawn out, tedious process that they don't mm. find, they don't want, they don't want to do it. So there's people who, consequently, there's people who specialize in it. They see there's a market niche. There are a lot of trainers don't want to do it. So I'll specialize in it and get all that business. There's a few people like that out here. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the urgency cannot be overstated. So even if you're got six it. months out and you feel like you've got plenty of time, you know, especially based on what we said in a few of the previous podcasts about, you know, you have 10 or 12 or 15 months before the baby starts crawling. In this particular situation, it's more like you have till the birthday because that's when, that's when your life is going to become very different and uh, the dog just will not be the center anymore. You know, so yeah. the timeline is shrunk yeah. and, the di- and the difficulty level is higher. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, do you, do you have any final points you want to make on this, Mike, before we wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, just to reemphasize, do not underestimate the problem. Separation anxiety can cause, you know, even if it's only mild to moderate in your dog and you think it'll be okay, don't presume it because... Because when the baby comes, if the dog is triggered with jealousy, it can make this, whatever separation anxiety there is worse. So I just say take it, you know, take it seriously and um, and just get going. And 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 then the the problem being, you're going to have a very kind of neurotic dog on your hands. Is that right, or yeah, that even yeah, worse? Neurot- yeah, neurotic and more clingy because now he feels threatened that his that his connection to mommy is being endangered. So then they get more yeah. neurotic, more clingy, and then of course later that can translate into jealous behaviors of other sorts. You know. Right. So right. Um, the separation anxiety is a big deal. Don't take it lightly. It. All right, everybody. So you got it from the source there, and if you're interested in following up on any of this, I encourage you to do two things. One, check out Mike's book, Good Dog, Happy Baby. As he said, he's got a whole chapter in there he's got a whole section rather devoted to this topic but more broadly that this is the definitive book on preparing your dog for the arrival of your child and also check out the e-course that mike has recently published and put together if you sign up for his newsletter you will get a, a really great discount on the course you can head over to gooddoghappybaby.com and check that out it really deals with a lot of core issues related to preparing your dog for the arrival of your baby. So if, if this is important to you, if you're expecting, and, and if you have any doubt that your dog is going to have any sort of issues with the arrival of your child, then, then please do check out these resources as soon as possible. And great. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Mike, thanks again. This is great. Great, Morgan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for you know, partnering up with me to do these. Sure, my pleasure. Take care, everybody. Bye.